So we come to our Bible reading today, Mark chapter 11, and starting reading at verse 12. This is God's word. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Amen. We end our reading there at the end of verse 25. You know, folks, if I'm perfectly honest, one of the hardest things that I do each week is figure out how I'm going to talk to the boys and girls It's not that I don't enjoy it. I love it. It's a delight to do it. It's a real joy. But it's difficult. It's hard to to take a biblical truth and distill it down into a simple point that's understandable. Something that that many ministers do, and I've done it myself, is resort to a, a what's in the bag children's address. You've seen a what's in the bag children's address really what's on the screen is just a variation on the same theme basically you know the minister has something in a bag and and they they take it out of the bag and it somehow relates to a point of teaching you know being a christian is like being a light bulb you've got to be plugged into the power source so that you can shine out into the darkness and basically what the minister is doing is saying This, the light bulb, is like that, the Christian life. In our passage today, Jesus doesn't have a bag 
but he has a fig tree. And he uses a fig tree as an illustration. He uses the fig tree as an object lesson. The fig tree teaches the disciples and us today about the temple. Jesus wants to teach a lesson about the temple and he uses the fig tree. The fig tree makes sense of what's going on in the temple. And then if we're wondering what's going on with the fig tree, well, actually the temple helps us make sense of that. Do have your Bible open to Mark chapter 11. We're starting at verse 12. We know that they had gone back to Bethany in verse 11. And the next day they're coming out of Bethany and Jesus is hungry. And today he's in the mood for figs. So he sees in the distance a fig tree which is in leaf. And he goes out to see if there's any fruit on it. Now, I think it's entirely possible that Jesus knew there was no fruit on the tree. He probably passed it on their way back from Bethany the night before. So let's not forget what had happened. Jesus had seen what was going on in the temple. He'd been to the temple. And he wanted to teach the disciples a lesson. And this fig tree, well, it presented an opportunity for Jesus to teach an object lesson, a sort of parable. There are two ways in our passage today that the temple is like the fig tree. Like the fig tree, the temple looked promising from a distance, but up close, it was empty. It looked promising from a distance, but when you get up close, it's empty. And also like the fig tree, the temple was not fulfilling its God-given purpose. God had planned and prepared the fig tree and the temple to do something, and they were not doing that. But finally, what we're going to learn in our passage today is that faith makes the difference. Faith is what makes the temple of God bear fruit and fulfill its God-given purpose. So our first point today is that like the fig tree, the temple looked promising from a distance, but up close, it was empty. Jesus gets to the tree and it has no fruit. And that probably wasn't surprising to Jesus. And it might not even be surprising for the disciples. Mark tells us in verse 13, this is not the season for figs. But what is surprising is that Jesus curses the fig tree. He has this reaction against the tree. You see it there in verse 14. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Now, a lot of people want to get worked up about this. They, they think that this is Jesus being hot-headed and cruel. How dare he curse a tree simply because it's not in season? But if we read the next sentence, I think we can see what Jesus is doing. You can see it there in verse 14. The disciples heard it. Jesus wanted the disciples to hear what he was doing. He's preparing to teach the disciples something. Part of the illustration is this. From a distance, the tree looks healthy. It looks, it's in leaf. It, it, it looks like it should be full of fruit, but it's far from it. It's empty. 
It promises much, but the tree delivers nothing. And so we turn to the temple. When Jesus gets into Jerusalem, he goes straight for the temple. And at this point, we can assume that Jesus had resolved what he would do in the temple. He'd been in the night before. He saw what was happening. He'd prepared his disciples with an object lesson of the fig tree. And now he heads straight for the temple and begins to drive out those who are buying and selling. Now, in order to make sense of this, we need to know why people are in there buying and selling. What's going on? This is the week of Passover. And so people are coming from across the entire Jewish world to offer sacrifices in Jerusalem. And so the place was packed and there were Jews from all over the map. And in order to save them bringing an animal sacrifice from home, there were people selling sheep and doves in the temple courts. The travellers, well, they could have brought an animal with them, but that would have been hugely inconvenient. So they settled to buy one whenever they arrived. And, you know, it's like whenever you're on an aeroplane, they can charge extortionate prices for a sandwich because where else are you going to buy a sandwich? It was the same in the temple courts. People were making a huge profit from selling to those who were coming to sacrifice. So that's what's going on in the temple courts. And Jesus came in and began to drive them out. You see, on the face of it, it looks like this is a healthy thing. People are selling and buying animals with the purpose of sacrificing them to God. Surely that's a good thing. People are following the law of God. They're offering burnt offerings. But like a fig tree with leaves but no fruit, the temple promises much, but it's not delivering. The practice of temple worship had become an exercise in convenience. People didn't want to be bothered bringing a lamb from home, so they waited till they got there. It was convenience. And of course then, those who were selling, well, they were exploiting people to make as much money as possible. And so what they'd done was they'd taken something that God had given as worship, the Passover, and they twisted it. And it became about getting things done in the easiest way possible. In fact, it also became about making money rather than actually sacrificing to the Lord Almighty. I wonder, I have to ask, is there any of this in us? Are we guilty of seeking church and worship that's just easy and and comfortable, but actually it's empty? From a distance, the temple promised a lot. It seemed like a hive of activity. But whenever you get closer, there's no fruit. There's nothing going on in people's hearts. They're not really worshipping God. At best, they're trying to appease God, but they, they don't want to be discomforted. They're doing it as easily as they possibly can. The temple was promising from a distance, but up close, it was empty, just like the fig tree. Well, that leads us to our second point. The temple was not fulfilling its God-given purpose. If we continue to look at what Jesus says here, Not only were the Jews in the temple simply serving their own convenience, they were doing so to the detriment of outsiders. 
You see what Jesus says in verse 17? Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. You see, the Jerusalem temple was split into different courts. From the very centre and the the holy of holies in the very centre of the temple where God dwelt. And then increasing concentric courts going out. And the outermost court in the temple was called the court of the Gentiles. And so when we read that Jesus entered the temple area, that's where he was. He was in the outermost court, the court of the Gentiles. And it was called that because that court, that's the closest a Gentile could get to the centre to the very centre of the temple where the presence of God was dwelling in the Holy of Holies. But just look at what's happening in the court of the Gentiles. Who's there? It's filled with buyers. It's filled with sellers. It's filled with money changers. And so the Jews have taken over the court of the Gentiles. And they've made it a place for their convenience to be met. This is a place meant for outsiders. It's meant for Gentiles. And yet it's full of Jews making their lives easier to the exclusion of the outsiders. And so Jesus Jesus says that this is to be a house of prayer for all nations. The, The Gentiles are to be welcomed here. But you've turned it into a den of thieves. It's just like the fig tree. The temple is not fulfilling its God given purpose. Why has God made fig trees? Well, he's made them to produce fruit, to satisfy people's hunger. But it wasn't fulfilling that purpose, and so Jesus cursed it. And then Jesus goes into the temple, and the temple is doing the same thing. What was the temple made for? Well, at least one purpose of the Hebrew temple system and the whole worship of the Jews was to serve as a light to the surrounding nations. That's clear as we read through our Old Testaments. The Hebrew people were to display the glory of God to the Gentiles. The Jewish temple system was to be like, do you know, like a show house on a new development of houses. You're meant to go into the show house and think, I want to live here. You're meant to think, I can have this lifestyle if I would buy a house on this development. The purpose of a show house is to make us want to live there. And so God has chosen the Hebrew people to be his people in order that the world might be blessed through them. They were a show house. He chose them to display his glory to the world, teaching the nations, if you would worship the living God as we worship the living God, then your lives can be like our lives. The Gentiles were meant to look on and think, now I get it. That's what it's meant to look like. That's what, that's what life's meant to look like. That's what it means to live in covenant with the maker of heaven and earth. To have a relationship with the living God. Gentiles were meant to look on and think, I want to have that. I want to worship the one true and living God. The Jewish religion, the Jerusalem temple, didn't exist just for the Jewish people. It was created to show the glory of God to the watching world. 
But we can see from this incident in Mark 11 and others like it in other gospel accounts that the Jerusalem temple, certainly in this period, was not fulfilling that purpose. The shoe house had become messy. No one would want to live there. Even the court of the Gentiles, the very place that was designed for the outsider, well, the outsiders were being excluded. Instead of being pointed to God, the Jews were filling this place, seeking their own selfish convenience and comfort, some buying animals and some making vast profits selling animals. Again, we have to ask ourselves the question, is it possible that we too exclude outsiders because of our selfishness? The church, the church is the place where God dwells now by his spirit. We are meant to be that show house. We're meant to show people this is what it's like to worship God. This is the life you can have if you will come in faith and repentance to Jesus. Are we guilty of ever making this place comfortable just for us and for people like us so that outsiders would feel excluded? Is it possible? Just like the fig tree, the temple is not fulfilling its God-given purpose. And so what the Jews were expecting was that the Messiah would come and clear the temple of Gentiles. But Jesus actually clears it for the Gentiles. And the chief priests and teachers of the law aren't happy with that. But interestingly, Jesus, you know, we, we might read this and think Jesus seems a bit crazy here, but the crowd are amazed. The crowd are amazed at his teaching. And so then, finally, as we move to the end of our passage, we see that the fig tree withers. You can see verses 20 and 21. The disciples are, have gone back to Bethany and then the next morning they come out again. And as they pass the fig tree, Peter notices, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. It's interesting that Mark includes the next couple of verses in the same account. Many commentators want to stop at verse 21. It's hard to know how what Jesus, Jesus starts teaching something here and he's teaching about prayer and he's teaching about faith. How does that relate to the temple and to the fig tree? I think it does relate. And it's what Jesus says in verse 22 that's so important. He says, have faith. Have faith in God. You see, friends, faith in God makes all the difference. What's the difference between a tree that bears fruit and a tree that bears none? Between a tree that fulfills its God-given purpose and a tree that fails too? It's faith in God. Faith is what was lacking in the Jerusalem temple. The Jews were just going through religious ritual. They were doing the things they were meant to do, but they didn't do it in faith. And so the temple looked promising from a distance, but up close, it was empty. The temple is useless. It's like a cursed fig tree. It's not being used for its God-given purpose. But you know, if we have faith, that changes our worship. You can stand here and you can sing the songs. 
You can come and you can listen to the, the sermon. And it, then you can go out the door and it makes no difference in your life. What's the difference between that person and someone who comes here and goes out to live for Christ? Who goes out to, to shine for Jesus in their workplace or in their home? What's the difference? The difference is faith. That's what was missing from the temple. But faith in Christ changes us. It makes us fruitful. It makes us fulfill our God-given purpose. At this point in world history, the temple is changed. Jesus changes the temple. You'll remember that in the Gospels, Jesus refers to himself as the temple of God. Upon the death of Jesus, the curtain in that very centre of the temple, the Holy of Holies, well, it was torn in two. So that the presence of God no longer resides in the temple in Jerusalem. It's no longer restricted to a geographical location. We know from church history that this actual temple that Jesus cleansed, well, it was destroyed. It was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. And so in some ways you could say that the temple, just like the fig tree, withered. That's true for the Jerusalem temple. But it's not true for the true temple of God. The true temple of God is the body of Christ. The church. The dwelling place of God on earth, as we saw in Psalms 84, is all those who trust in Jesus by faith. All those who believe. Those who believe that through the death and resurrection of Jesus in history, long ago and far away on the cross, God has forgiven our sin. God has adopted us into, our, into his family. God has removed our sin from us. Jesus says, have faith. Faith makes all the difference. What I've said today is not an indictment on religion. That's not what I'm saying. Religion is a good thing. But there is false religion and there is man-made religion and that's not a good thing. Religion that's built on the comfort and convenience of the worshippers is not a good thing. We're no longer connected to God through the religious rites performed on our behalf by a priest in a temple. We're connected to God through faith in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus has replaced the temple. Jesus is where we meet God. And so we need to have faith. Verses 23 and 24 in our passage, well, they might look like a carte blanche to ask for anything and we'll receive it, but that's not what's going on. We saw a couple of weeks ago, James and John asked for something and Jesus said no. This is a figure of speech. And taken in line with the rest of Jesus' teaching, what we can see is that if we ask by faith, then what we'll ask for is what God would do for us. And Jesus says, which is easier? To ask a mountain to be moved or to ask for sins to be forgiven? It might be helpful to know as we finish that there was a mountain in Jerusalem and the disciples might have even been looking at it when Jesus said this. And it was a mountain that Herod had constructed. 
Herod had moved earth to build a mountain so that he could put his palace on the top of that mountain. In human terms, moving a mountain is possible. You just need enough diggers. Forgiving sins is something that only God can do. So let me say to you today, let me assure you and comfort you with this thought. If you have faith in God, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Faith changes things. It's not because you come here. It's not because we we stand and we sit at the right times. It's not because we follow all the rules. It's because we trust in Jesus. Let's learn the lesson of the fig tree. We don't want to be empty. We want to fulfill our God-given purpose. And so let us, friends, let us have faith. Let us have faith in God. Let me pray for us.